This episode of the Black Equity Podcast is brought to you by Sip and Share Wines. Head over to SipAndShareWines.com and join the wine club. That's SipAndShareWines.com. Join the exclusive wine club today. Black Equity listeners, thank you for coming to another great episode of the Black Equity Podcast. And today I want to touch on something um, that is near and dear to my heart. I'm seeing a lot of people are getting into uh, podcasting and it's cool. You know, there's there's so many different options, <laughs> like literally there's so many podcasts out there, right? But how do I choose which ones I listen to and which ones I don't listen to? Because there's all these podcasts uh, within the culture. And I'll be honest with you, I've never pressed play on any of them. And how do I decide, right? I make my decision based off of the premise of the show. The premise of the show tells me everything I need to know. And so what is what am I looking for? I'm looking for someone that is genuine. I'm looking for someone that's going to be honest with me. And they're not doing it for their own personal benefit. They're doing it to soak, uh, put seeds into the soil and to uh, take the wisdom that they've learned and to give it back. Those are the things I'm looking for. When I start seeing uh, these podcasts where you can tell really it's all about them. I mean, they can kind of hide it and say that they're giving out all this wisdom, but really they're not. <laughs> really, if you really pay close attention, it's, it's, you got to look at the difference between weed and tear. If you pay close attention, these people aren't for the culture. They never were. But my guest today is for the culture. I stumbled across a great podcast called My Last Dime Podcast with the host Tremaine Wills. I reached out to her and I said, yo, let's connect. Next thing I know, we have this episode. Enjoy. Right, Black Equity listeners, we are here for another great episode for you. Uh, lately, I've been looking in the culture to see what's coming, what's next. And I stumbled across a really great podcast that I think everybody should check out. It's called My Last Dime. And so I reached out to the host, and I am blessed to have Tremaine on the line. Tremaine, are you there? Yes, I am here. Uh, I'm excited for having you on Black Equity Podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Tell us a little bit about you uh, and why you decided to uh, launch My Last Time. Okay, sure. Uh, So to start with a little bit about me, I am a financial advisor, money coach, money teacher. Okay. okay. uh, Extraordinaire. I love teaching the financial literacy aspect of uh, money. Um, I have background as an educator as well. So I'm a former teacher. I spent three and a half years in the classroom teaching high school math. Cool. Um, And through that experience, I learned a lot about teachers and their (laughs) willingness to give so much of themselves Mm -hmm. um and so that really motivated me to try to do something to help teachers help themselves and so that's where my last dime came about it's really focused on giving teachers coaches those in service the tools they need so that they continue serving their community but not go broke in the process so um, it's, it's really a passion project for me um, because I can see myself in so many of these educators that really, really want to help serve. But a lot of the times it's at the detriment to themselves. Yeah, I, um, I know a lot of teachers end up having to request uh, outside funds or, you know, raise funds in order to, to do basic things in their classrooms. Um, and those end up being some of the best teachers, the ones that try to be as resourceful as possible 
Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think there isn't um, the necessary funding for teachers? I, I didn't realize I was going to have this part of the conversation, but now that we're here, why do you think that is? Well, I don't think that our country respects education like it should. Uh, we see year after year the budget cuts happening and we don't pay teachers enough to do the jobs that they do. If we, if we think about how important education is, putting somebody in charge of making them responsible for our youth's future, you know, should come with a higher paycheck, but it doesn't. And so yeah. A lot of our teachers, you know, they get into this field, not because of the money, but because they believe in that. And so they find ways to supplement. And oftentimes it becomes, you know, it comes out of their pockets. And so I think that it's amazing. You know, we have the teachers that we have that are willing to sacrifice themselves, their own finances. But at the end of the day, we need to be teaching our teachers. Well, if we aren't going to provide you the income. Let's teach you how to get what you need by creating partnerships, sponsorships, finding organizations that believe in your community that will help you get the projects funded. Nice, nice. And so when I first came across your podcast, um, because it it, it launched, uh, was it September 30th, right? Yes, on International Podcast Day. Congratulations. Thank you. let Let me ask this from for, for those who may be interested in podcasting, how did that moment feel to get your first episode out to the world? Oh my goodness. It was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, we all have this, this fear of nobody's going to listen to what I have to say. And there's so many other people doing this and, you know, all the things we tell ourselves and to finally overcome that fear and to just start talking and sharing what I know was amazing. Um, and I think that there's nobody that can do what you do like you do it. And That's so right. it's important to push past all of those fears because there's somebody that needs to hear what you have to say. So it was it was amazing. And, you know, my thing is if there's anybody who has, you know, something to share, move past that fear and just get out here because – Somebody is waiting for you. For you, though, you, I mean, you are a natural speaker. Uh, You've been speaking in front of classrooms. You've been speaking in front of uh, just different settings from what I can tell. So you already kind of had the necessary training for this. Would you agree or would you disagree? Uh, So I did take public speaking courses when I I was in college, but I still would argue that not having formal training is still not an excuse because, you know, we learn by experience. And so regardless of a course I've taken or not, the more you speak, the better you become. And so with any skill you're trying to attain, you have to practice it and build that muscle. So you can be terrified all day long, but the fear is not going to go away until you do it. And no matter how many times I've spoken before, there's still, you know, the butterflies in the pit of your stomach um, and you just push past it. You're doing a great job. So what can we expect uh, for the first season of my last time? What's the vision? Who are you looking to work with? If if any, uh, anyone, what is kind of the vision of my last time? So for this first season, we are incredibly interested in finding teachers who have small businesses already um, and just looking to promote them. So on the first few episodes, um, we have a, a segment called My Two Cents. And every business highlighted there is somebody that I've worked with personally that, you know, they They just have a passion for service and a heart for service. So I would love to connect with teachers, um, people who might be coaches that, you know, are really just passionate about the community and highlighting their services um, and letting more people know the great work that they're doing. Dope, dope. I like it. I I really love this this notion. When I first came across um, your first episode, the, the first thing I thought just in my mind 
where a lot of people are into uh, philanthropy and uh, giving, and um, they're always working on different projects uh, within the community. I, I didn't see teacher. That wasn't in my head. I guess I, I internalized uh, being an investor um, and being in philanthropy. And sometimes what ends up happening is everybody is pulling from you, and it's take, 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 and it's very little bit of, you know, putting back into yourself. And what I saw your podcast as was an opportunity to, uh, you know, be filled back up with wisdom and knowledge. So that's kind of how I internalized, you know, uh, your first episode and just listening to where you're headed. Thank you so much. That's exactly the goal. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so uh, for people that are listening, they, they also heard you throw in a nugget there that you, um, you're a financial coach, you, you understand money. So talk a little bit about that. You have your own company uh, in that space. So tell us about your company and mm -hmm. some of the services you provide. Of course. So the name of my business is Mind Over Money, LLC. Um, we do financial coaching, online courses, uh, public speaking, uh, in-person small group courses for organizations. And the goal is to first help people shift their mindset around money and help them develop financial discipline. So in my, in my time as a financial advisor for other firms, we created financial plans and, you know, told individuals what to do with their money. And in that space, I didn't feel like I was teaching anything. And so it was just like, here's this plan, you know, this is what's going to happen. But there was never a why behind it. There was never a, um, a mental shift to help people understand you don't have to have a financial advisor forever if you don't want one. And I think now this is going <laughs> to step on some toes. But the financial services industry mm -hmm. is so large because it capitalizes off of people's ignorance. And so my company focuses on teaching people how to become self-sufficient so that you don't have to rely on a financial advisor making money moves for you if that's not what you want. Now, if you never want to manage your own money for yourself, excellent. But I believe that if we're going to close this wealth gap, we need to put people in position so that they can teach other people how to do what they're doing. So um, that's the premise of what we do. We 100% believe in education. And at the end of the day, if I can teach you anything and you're better off than when you came to me, our work was done. I like it. Now you threw something out there, so we got to touch on it. I, I'm a very good listener. <laughs> you talked about the wealth mm -hmm. gap right so what is this wealth gap that you're talking about you may not necessarily have the numbers in front of you but you just give us a premise what is this wealth gap for so, those who don't know i don't have the numbers in front of me um but when we take a look at different populations you know we can talk about racial wealth gap we can talk about so many different things there are populations of people mm -hmm. who have access to information that continue to get wealthy off of the information and then there are populations of people who that the financial services industry just does not cater to. And so when you don't have access to information, you do what you see. And if that is not working, you continue to spiral down and therefore the gap widens. And so our mission is to bring the education and the knowledge to the population that is being ignored. And while we might not yeah. be able to change everybody's mindset about being able to change their financial future, not relying on government assistance, there are people that when you do present information to them, a light bulb clicks. And so that's who we're trying to reach. Now, so the, you're saying there's a population out there that may be underserved in this area. Am I safe to assume that they look like you and I? I'm sorry, say that again. Is it safe to, to assume that they oh, look absolutely. like you and I? Is absolutely. That, okay. So the, 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 the black people in this country are um, in many times left behind uh, when it comes to wealth because of their lack of 
of knowledge and their lack of information. And I would say their lack of vision. Uh, it's hard to have a vision if you don't know what to look towards. Um, and so what your company is doing and even your podcast is doing is maybe shining that light saying, here's the information, here's an opportunity. It's almost like you become, become a lighthouse uh, for the community uh, who may be lost in this particular area. Yes. Wow, that's powerful. Um, I like the visual. Um, I do think that we are a lighthouse. Um, because if you're looking for information, you can find it. And our goal is to really make that information accessible um, and remove some of those barriers to entry to, you know, creating generational wealth and starting to just provide families with access and resource. Nice, nice. So what, um, from your experience to people that actually reach out to you and they work with you, what is one of the biggest things that they didn't realize before? What is something that um, that is a common occurrence that you're seeing out there um, for people who are reaching out to you that, that they're just stunned that, oh my goodness, I didn't even know this existed or I didn't know that I could do that. What, what is something in all along those lines? Um, I would have to say the biggest one is not knowing where their money's going. Um, mm. So many of us just do not follow a budget. And I think that there has become such this taboo and, you know, it's kind of starting to shift where budget isn't a bad word. I think we associated budget as negative, meaning, you know, you're broke, but I tell clients all the time, multi-billion dollar corporations follow a budget. It just has more zeros than yours has. So if they are following a budget, telling the money what to do, you need to do the same. And so a budget doesn't have to be this restrictive thing. You can see clearly your money coming in and going out. So um, when we start to track where the money is going, we find those spending leaks and starting to see, oh, my goodness, I actually can afford to invest. I can afford to make extra payments and get out of debt um, instead of just, you know, going through the feast and famine that is payday. Mm. You know, I got paid today. I deserve to take myself out. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> we have to transition the thought from, okay, payday is every other week and start to think about, okay, how can I get paid every day? So I can't go out and go get my Popeye's you, chicken sandwich? Okay, so I, first I of all, Popeye's chicken sandwich. We, <laughs> us, have made Popeye's so wealthy. Just because your cousin and everybody else on the block went and got a Popeye's chicken sandwich does not mean you needed to do that. <laughs> the whole Listen, culture if we kept, was if at we, Popeye's and we could have saved that up. I'm just saying, if we keep that same energy and apply that energy mm -hmm. towards, you know, anything, housing, anything. we could we could buy real estate, we can start all kinds of mm -hmm. business. There's so many things we can do with our buying power. That is not buying chicken sandwich. I mean, how black was that? A chicken sandwich. Mm. We we just fed right into the stereotype. We did. We 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 fell for the. Uh, we, we got bamboozled. But um, but I feel what you're saying about um, telling your money what to do. You know, the, to me, that's a very powerful statement. Is hey, you work for me, I don't work for you. And until that mindset shifts, you know, you'll you'll always uh, be chasing after the money and, and, and always, you know, being two steps behind this mm -hmm. money game. Um, so I think it's very powerful. Tell your money what to do. I like that. Thanks. You're very welcome. So let's look into the culture a little bit. Let's let's examine the culture a little bit deeper around money. And so when I think about you know, my last dime, I think about people who, for whatever reason in the culture, uh, they gave their last dime away trying to please everybody else. Yes. And, um, you know, I think it just fits perfect for this conversation. So one of the first people that I think of, and I'm not sure if you're familiar, but it is what it is. 
I think of someone like a Tony Braxton. Mm. I think of uh, her story of her, you know, giving to her sisters uh, or giving to different family members and her nearly losing it all, if if not losing it all, before mm-hmm. rebounding. Um, I think of Mike Tyson, uh, you know, you know, having all this money and then losing it all. I think of MC mm-hmm. Hammer, uh, you know, being on top of the world. And the next thing you know, uh, it's all gone. And then when you ask him, you know, you sit down in these interviews and you listen to what MC Hammer says. He said he was too busy taking care of friends and family and he never stopped to take mm-hmm. care of himself. And so as I'm listening to your podcast, that's that's kind of that spirit that I'm feeling. And so what do we, what what is the action step someone can take? And what are some other examples that you've seen in the culture uh, what are some action steps people can take to make sure they don't fall into that trap uh, of those? Three yeah, examples? that, you know, it's unfortunate for us to see those things happening on a large scale. But one thing to notice is that getting, making more money does not change your mindset about money. It just amplifies the issues that you have with it. So Either you're good at managing money when you have a little bit or you're not. And having more of it will only expose which one you are. So if you've been accustomed to continually being that person who's always taking care of everybody else, when you get more money, that just grows. So that same spirit of giving, 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 well, you have more money now. So you're going to give, give, give at a, at a faster rate. If you've been accustomed to spending and buying lavish things and (laughs) Siberian tigers, you know, (laughs) that is amplified when your money increases. And so the mindset, the the need to understand, hey, when I have a little bit, managing that as a little bit is only going to translate the same as when I have more money. And so I think the biggest thing to take from this is that regardless of if you have a little bit or if you have a lot, you should always take care of you first. And more often than that, that's saving or investing before taking care of other people, other expenses, whatever the case might be. And so if you're doing that on a smaller scale with $100,000, when those zeros multiply, you should be doing that same thing with the millions. And I don't think um, those, that mindset, that skill was something that was developed before the money came. And so when it came, it was like, ooh, we rich, rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just spin, spin, spin. And so, you know, unfortunately, our, I think that our culture expects us to help when we, get, when we make more money, when we start to reach you know, this, this level of perceived financial stability. Um, I've worked with so many professionals who, you know, they're making over a quarter million and they have to send money home. They have to send money back to help. Um, and you know, that's, that's the black tax. You, you, you give back to help pull up, but if you're not teaching while you're giving that money back, you will always be passing money out. And so we have to start teaching other people how to manage their money so that okay when I give you this money you learn how to multiply it and you're not coming back to me every single time to ask for more money yeah you know when you're saying that the question that I can I can feel people asking is but I thought giving was better than receiving and it it what are your thoughts on that? Is giving better than receiving? Is receiving better than giving? What, what, how do, how do you work around that statement that people have been taught all their life to give, 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 give? Giving is definitely better than receiving, but the receiver needs to believe that as well. Mm. Break that down. So if, if I am constantly giving, to you know family cousins whoever what is what are you giving Mm. are you are you you know it's it's easy to say you have this so you should give it to me but I don't think people realize that there's power in showing up 
um, being present, not all gifts have to be monetary. Your gift yep. can be education. Your gift can be time spent. Your gift can be so many different things. And I believe that once you become a person who gives, it's harder to continue to take because you mm. start to feel what it's like for people to continuously take from you. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it, there also has to be a point in time too, where the givers learn how to say no, because there's a line where your giving becomes enabling and you have to yep. be careful not to cross that because then it's draining to you and your gifts are now, you're not giving freely. It's a, it, it, it becomes like a, I have to do this versus a, I want yeah. it to, this is, this is out of love. You know, when I pay attention to the culture, I always kind of get concerned when someone immediately just blows up. You know, I think of Little Nas X, you know, you get one hit song. Now you're all over the place and everybody's mm-hmm. pulling at you left and right. And I'm always wondering, I hope they got a good team around them, because if you don't have a good team and sometimes the team is the one that's taken from mm-hmm. you, too, though. <laughs> so that's why it's so important that, you know those four or five people that you call your inner circle you know sometimes it's not just friends and family sometimes it's you know that immediate you know that manager that assistant the, the this the that sometimes your own accountant could be the person who's uh mm-hmm. draining you and so you know i think about that as that that as well a cardi b someone you know within one year is now on top 10 of forbes list of hip-hop artists these are situations where it's like, okay, but do you have the things in place to, to uh, manage this? Because you've never had mm-hmm. this before. Yeah, I, I think about that a lot. Um, the, the pace in which people become, you know, overnight success. Sometimes when we are striving to, you know, make more money, become more successful, we go through a period of nobody seeing us. And Mm. in that period, I think that's when you learn to identify yourself and what you need around you, check your energy, figure out, you know, okay, who is really going to support me when this, this level up happens. And if we're not careful and we experience that blow up too fast, we never have that moment of self-reflection where we can identify the energy of the people that come into our space. And Mm. so you know, a lot of us, we want things to change quickly and we want to have this massive success, but we're not ready for it. And if we're careful, we're not careful. We're going to get what we ask for. And that blow up's going to happen instantaneously. and You're going to lose everything you thought you wanted. So, you know, I, I have that same sentiment as you, where I think about people who have, you know, blown up so quickly. And I'm like, man, like you said, I really, really hope the people around them are actually for them and not for the check that comes with them. So how do you, and maybe you don't have this answer, but maybe you do. I don't know. I guess we'll find out in a second. How do you manage the energy around you? How do you know if the people around you are just uh, takers or they actually, is, I'm, I'm placing my seed in good soil. You know, how, what's the difference? Because both, both have hands out, right? Both have a handout and they're saying give. There's, there's someone that I'm going to give to that's going to be a bad soil and you'll never see that person ever again. And then I give to good soil. They may multiply those dollars and I may get back tenfold. So how do I know the difference of the energy? You know, that's a great question. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, sometimes you can't tell. Um, there mm. are people Mm-mm-mm. that wear a mask and they wear it well. And they might look like, they might sound like, you know, they're here for you and whatever you need. They may even be given to you before, you know, you can provide any return. Um, And, you know, those, I see those people as opportunists. They see something, so they invest in it, expecting, you know, you to be able to pay back and, you know, pay more. But unfortunately, I think a lot of it just comes from experience. And the more you experience, you know, good soil you can start to see patterns traits characteristics and people who have a giving nature there's not a uh 
they they don't have this this air about them that is you know I'm just here for the come up. Mm, got you. I think you know for me, um, one one trick that I love to use, not even a trick, but one thing that I love to use is I like to wait till the next season mm. shows up. And so you know they come around in summer, and so. Let's see where you are on September 30th. Let's see where you are when that fall hit. Because literally, you know, to me, time isn't real. That's just my personal opinion. Time is a made-up thing by by humans for us to uh, be able to understand what time it is so we can all be on the same page with things. But what is real on Earth is seasons. And so if I'm in summer, especially if it's late summer, and people are coming to me about things, Let's see where you are. Let's give it two or three weeks. Let's see what happens when fall really hits. When that first leaf hit and I watch walk outside and, and, and I can hear the crunch underneath my shoe, are you still going to be around or have you already disappeared? Because mm. th- those seasonal relationships can tell me everything. And a lot of people will show up the last day of summer because they know they're not going to be, they got to get to you before the leaf drops. It's a very spiritual thing, but I really pay attention to as those seasons shift, what are those energies around mm, me doing? That's good. That's good. So, you know, I just I, I want people to, to, to pay attention to that because everything else is a facade. All the, 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 the time and the this and you're my best friend, you're mm-hmm. my cousin, all that other stuff is like, uh, facades and, and labels that we put on things so we can recognize it uh, within our midst. But when those seasons start shifting and things start changing and when, I, when I'm not up mm-hmm. anymore because, you know, that's a seasonal mm-hmm. thing too. You know, when I'm not uh, popping or whatever is the, the new word to use, what, where right. are you going to be? And so those are the things that I'm, I'm paying attention to with, with mm-hmm. energy. And another thing, I know I'm supposed to be asking you questions, <laughs> but you touch my spirit here, is I always pay attention to roots before mm-hmm. fruits. I'm looking at, you know, are you really trying to build something with me from the mm-hmm. ground up? Mm. Or are you just going to wait till, you know, we didn't plant it this mm-hmm. thing? Uh, you know, the, the necessary nurturing is happening, the sun sh- the sunlight is hitting, and then you come in and get the apple and say, wow, this is mm-hmm. a good apple. And so one of the reasons why I reached out to you is I want roots. I see where you're headed. I see where you're going. It's like, let's have, you and I should have roots with one another because it, it's perfectly aligned with what Black Equity is trying to accomplish. Absolutely. I thank you so much. This is such a rich conversation. Well, that's that's what we do on Black Equity. We, we're always digging into the roots and we're trying to figure out how do we have long-lasting relationships mm-hmm. with people. And sometimes that means slow money. Sometimes it means it's not mm-hmm. fast money. Everybody, you know, hey, let's get let's get to that fast money. Let's get this. Let's get that. But sometimes you and I could be working together for six months and never actually made money mm-hmm. together, but we made. Yeah, roots. that's that that building phase. So many of us want this microwave success where it's like, okay, let me get it right now. Not realizing that you you can't sustain success if there's no system in place mm. to keep that thing gro- going as it grows. You have to be able to scale up. And all of that comes from the groundwork beforehand. You got to put the mm-hmm. foundation in place. And I think a lot of us, especially with this social media you know, it's like, oh, everybody appears to be doing so well. And many of us don't realize that some of this success, the true success, you didn't see what was happening mm. when they were by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, when they were in that season preparing for this harvest, a lot of us just see the harvest and we're like, I want that. Thinking, okay, that can be mm-hmm. tomorrow. That's not how it works. It's not sustainable. Yeah. If every time you see somebody, it's all fruits, that makes me a little mm-hmm. leery. If it's all fruits all the time, because some things aren't even in season. Sometimes it's not good to have a mm-hmm. peach out. And so if you got a whole bunch of peaches and it ain't peach season, 
I'm a little worried. Like, what's going on here? What is in those peaches? You know, and, and you know, but hey, I Now, you know, I've been talking about Sip and Share Wine for quite some time. Now you have a chance to enter for a free giveaway. The Conjurer bottle, which is the old vine Zinnavel, is now available uh, for a free giveaway. Here is how you enter. You follow Sip and Share Wines over on Instagram. That's Sip and Share Wines. You like the post that is tagged giveaway and you tag at least five friends. Comment below that post and share with us your favorite red wine. Now, for a bonus entry, tag two more friends with an additional comment. This giveaway closes October 31st at 11.59 p.m. Eastern. Winner will be announced on November 1st in the Sip and Share Wine story with a direct message. By entering, participants confirm they are of the age of 21 or older, open to U.S. residents only. Now, back to the show. Okay, so let me let me turn turn things on you, because um, most people think I asked all the questions, and so what questions do you have as a new podcaster, um, or any just as a human being? What questions do you have from the little bit that you may have heard from Black Equity? What what kind of questions do you have? So I'm listening to a couple episodes. I see that. You know, you're really interested in connecting with people who are actually doing the work and not, yes. you know, blowing smoke. How have you been able to find these relationships, you know, build with people, genuine connections um, and start to grow and nurture those relationships while maintaining your business? Mm-hmm. Mm, great question. Um I believe, and I could be totally wrong. I, first thing, let me just say this: I know nothing. <laughs> none of us do. Okay, we're not. We're none of us do. So I, you know, uh, I've coined myself as uh, DJ Wisdom, but wis- the greatest wisdom is knowing nothing. And when you know nothing, then you get to kind of pay attention to what's real mm-hmm. and what's not, just by just just listening. A lot of times, I listen a lot. But to answer your your question, uh, I believe like attracts like. I also believe greatness attracts enemies. And so there's still that that situation of, well, who's coming to me and who's not coming to me? So I'll be honest with you, most of the people that will ever appear on Black Equity is because y'all found me. Mm. You found Mm -hmm. our page. You You came, you... You came to use the fruits and roots thing. You came to our garden and you found our page. You liked our stuff. You were commenting on our things. And so like attracts like. And so if I'm posting things on Instagram that are are pertinent to our culture and I'm seeing someone commenting and they're really feeling this topic. And then I also see that they've actually built something of their own, even if it's just the beginning. I, you know, do not despise the days of right. small beginnings. So even if it's the beginning, I want to work with that person because we're vibing on the same topics and uh, you're building something of your own. So I know you it's not no handout because you already, you got right. your own hands. And so that's what I'm paying attention to for people that want to work, work together. There are people who reach out to me that aren't doing anything. And it's like, I can't, there's nothing, what do you, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know how to multiply zero. And so in in those situations, I always say, build something. Build something of your own. I can't tell you what to build, but build something. So then when you and I are talking, we're on equal Mm -hmm. playing fields. Because I never really want to hire anyone. I'm not much of a hirer. I rather partner. Uh, So that's just the way that, that I, you know, Kind okay. of but for you how do you plan on you know digging your roots in and and building this thing from the ground floor well that is an excellent question <laughs> and we can keep going I back think, and forth with um, I am a very passion led person and I move with my mm. heart and so 
I, I believe in service. And so I really am interested in looking for organizations that want to serve, to partner with, um, so we can combine resources and multiply. So what does that look like? Like if I'm, if I'm speaking to different people in the culture and I bump into someone, who is that person? Who is the ideal organization? Not necessarily a name, but what work are they doing? They, that you're, sorry, I didn't mean to cut ahead. you off. They are grassroots. They have probably funded their nonprofit or small business with money out of their own pocket. Um, they're a giver, <laughs> so so they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be able to come in and help provide some relief to mm. to just say, hey, you know, you don't have to do this by yourself. Let me help. Um, let me help you find resources. Let's find other organizations that are doing what you want to do. Because at the end of the day, I really think that so many of us are doing great things, but we are working in silos and not understanding mm. that there's somebody, you know, in the next neighborhood over that wants this same thing for their community too. But neither of you know that there's this grant, there's this resource that you can apply for together and get the resources you need. So um, I don't know. I I think of myself as a connector Um, really just wanting to give everything I download and be, being able to just push back out everything I, I have. So yeah, I think we're alike in that way. Uh, when I when I hear you saying that, I picture you being on some boards, uh, different uh, opportunities to be on uh, an advisory board or just a board of directors, either over a nonprofit or a passion led for profit mm-hmm. company. Yeah, I've sat on a few. Um, so okay. yeah, I can hear it. I can um, hear it. I'm, I'm super super passionate about just serving communities. So, you know. Anybody who has that same passion for is is a friend for me because we have to start looking out for each other in a way that is actually uplifting and not leeching. So, yeah. And and you know, it makes me think of something I tweet about all the time is the wheat and the tear. I literally tweet about the wheat and the tear once a week. And Sometimes you can't tell the difference. Most times you can't tell the difference because you said, you know, someone who's, you know, building something or somebody who's, who's leeching, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between what's real and what's fake, you know? And like you said, the best way to tell it is through experience, through time, through, you really don't know the wheat and the tear until the season is over, until the harvest mm-hmm. time, until you've ga- gathered up everything. And so uh, I think that those things will be revealed to you. And I know they're coming. I know from this conversation, people are listening and they're like, oh, I want to work with her. And so they're going to reach out. They're going to have either be on your podcast or reach out to you in some way. And so I'm excited you know, to see you know, how that works out. Um, and I'm always here if you ever need any uh, advice or uh, have any questions as well. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. What, what was that? What, just you on? know finding great connections you can you oh, okay. can yeah. when you find a partnership that sometimes you can just feel it you know it's it's hard mm-hmm. to articulate the feeling but everything happens as it should and yeah. you know sometimes we just have to move in faith understanding that what will be will be what is supposed to be will be so it has me excited. Well, I think the vision you have, because to me, if somebody doesn't have a vision, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know. If you're not, if you don't know where you're going, how could I ever point you in the direction of where right. to go? And so you have a vision of where you're going with this. And I honestly feel like a lot of nonprofit organizations need to be on your um, on your podcast and of course partner with your company if they choose to but at the, at the very least at the very minimum every nonprofit within the culture needs to be on your podcast and so 
I see that as an, an avenue for people who aren't having the conversation yet. I feel like you're filling a void that is in the culture. Uh, and for any nonprofits that are listening, like really doing the work and really um, are, are trying to go to another level, I feel like your podcast is a great place for them to have those conversations and then potentially, um, you know, work with your company and work with you and be better. And I, I know sometimes in the culture, it's hard to tell people to be better because then they look at themselves like I thought I right. was, I thought I was right. good, but no, oh yeah, you are, you're good. But even what old girl, what's old girl name, uh, from the tennis golf, right. Uh, the, 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 the 16 year old, uh, I... some, something mm-hmm. golf. she, uh, she's good. And she was, you know, she, she's made a big wave in tennis. But obviously, she has to get better because she didn't win the championship. Right. And so it's okay to tell people, let's be better. I, I, I don't know where we got in the culture where everybody is popping their collar and everybody thinks they are on top. I don't know what this top is, but everybody thinks they're at it, this imaginary mm-hmm. place. And it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm happy for you. I'm not hating on you. When I tell you to be better, I, this is not hatred. This is not, you, you did good. But there's still more right. to do. There's still more work to do. Right. I agree. I think a lot of us assume that there is some destination that we're supposed to be reaching. And there is no end. It's just a journey. Mm. You're continuously going. And so you never, we're never supposed to hit like a final milestone. There's always a next level and a next level. And we're supposed to grow and evolve and elevate and show people, hey, come on, come with me um, mm-hmm. and not become complacent. For, the, for, the, for those, and by the way, you're still free to ask me any questions that you want to, but for those who are on the journey with you that you find out are the leeches, right? And you find out that they aren't the real. How do you handle that? I mean, obviously they'll drop off by themselves, so it's not much you have to do. That's the one thing I've learned. When something is not for you, it pretty much en- ends up removing itself mm-hmm. over time, for the most part. But so how do you handle that, though, when you thought somebody was uh, a genuine giver or a genuine person or genuine overall, and then they drop off? How do you handle that emotionally? How do you handle that logically? So those hurt. Um yeah. For me personally, it has been a learning experience. I used to take those things personally, Um, you know, and start playing the victim. You know, how could you do this to me? I thought we were better than this. You know, all the the thoughts and feelings we have when we feel like we've been wronged. But the reality is there was a lesson you were supposed to learn from that experience. And it was the lesson for that level. And so mm. learning that lesson allows you to elevate to the next level. Sometimes we deal with things and we have to experience different types of people so that we're prepared for a much more difficult obstacle that's going to come mm-hmm. when we elevate. So, you know, it, it hurts, but the more I've gone on this journey, the more I've realized there are things that you just have to experience because you have to be able to withstand some things when you are pursuing your greatness and you're walking in purpose and you're doing what you're supposed to do. So many obstacles are going to come your way. And the further you go, the bigger the challenge, the the more it hurts. But... <laughs> If you've never experienced, you know, betrayal or pain or setback, feeling defeated, the depending on the level you on, that emotion could multiply. So you have to learn how to navigate that when the pain is small, when the betrayal is small, so that when you start to feel it on a larger scale, it doesn't break you. Mm, I like that. I think about uh, something T.D. Jake said one time. He said, uh, what you do on one level, you'll be doing on the next. And 
a lot of times what ends up happening is enemies come to um to elevate you to the mm-hmm. next level and that's why he always smiles when he sees a, a new enemy yes he's like oh you know elevation yes times. and so that's kind of the way I view I, I literally get excited when people show up and they announce you know that they're here for war it's like wow okay <laughs> well this means I get to go to another level this is exciting I don't know what you're going to do do but you know I'm not I have a hedge of protection around mm-hmm. me so there's not much you're going to be able to accomplish but uh yeah go yeah. for it and then you know the, I, actually that's how this podcast was born uh, about 12 months ago it was born from you know me reaching out to other podcasts and saying hey we should work together on these projects we should do this and them basically you know pushing me to the side and saying oh no you know we're not doing that over here we're getting wow money. and i <laughs> said wow okay. yeah, oh really and so literally within a week black equity was born and so a lot of those same people are now, you know, trying to follow us on Instagram and trying to find out what we're doing. And, and you know, I'm hearing some people want to be guests. It's like, wait, hold on. 11 months ago, 12 months ago, in a different season, a different time, when you didn't know who I was or what I was about, I was just a regular person coming to you, coming, to you, coming with real projects and saying, let's do real work. You wanted to get your money. You wanted to get your money. You wanted to do whatever it is you wanted to do. And now when you see us doing real work here, now you pop Mm -hmm. up because your money slowed Mm -hmm. down and now you want goodwill in the culture. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sorry. No, you're good. This is good. I think that, you know, when we, when we hear certain things uh, and what I'm hearing from you right now is like your enemies being made your footstool. And I think a lot of us see it as like, Oh, I'm crushing them. I'm stepping on them, but no, this is really, the platform to get to that next level. This is you mm-hmm. being able to share the story that might motivate somebody else to get to that next level. It's not about crushing anybody or thinking you're better than them. It's just being able to reach the next level. And so it's, it's so powerful to hear your story and like see myself in that, you know, mm. I think, you know, these, these conversations are important because it helps people who are in that very moment say, okay, all I gotta do is keep going. I can step up above this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I already see it. I already see um, where you're headed. Uh, not, you know, not exactly because I, I, I'm not you, but I see, I, I see that you are uh, grounded and you, you come from good soil. I mean, you are from 757. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> and so, uh, t- t- for those who don't know, what is 757 the- and what's going on in Virginia? Because there's a lot of money flowing in the VA. The 757 is the greatest. So hold on now. Greatest. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. You was doing good all podcast. Hold on now. Come back. The greatest, uh, the what? greatest piece of land in all the world. Um, wow. But no, I have I have great <laughs> pride in my hometown. Um, right, right. 757 is in Hampton Roads area of Virginia. We are huge military town. Lots of different folks coming in and out. Um, most recently, I think the biggest thing we've seen was the Something in the Water Festival um, mm. put together by Pharrell and family um which Mm -hmm. you know did record numbers for um our community um i think that this area is a slept on gym i agree there it that yes the greatest and all that you know you gotta have pride in where you come from so and for me i have great pride in this area um Mm -hmm. but i see a lot happening in hampton roads there's a lot of growth here so there yeah. a lot of people think you know oh dc northern virginia i think it's saturated there you can go there if you want to and sit in five hours of traffic every day be my mm-hmm. guest but the 757 because there's so many people that come from all over the world is mm-hmm. so diverse and there's power in diversity i definitely love us i love us so much 
but being able to learn from other cultures too um Mm -hmm. there can be magic that happens here if we will tap into the resources yeah you know being um we're headquartered in charlotte north charlotte i love charlotte too that's like the second best place oh well i wouldn't (laughs) go that far but i mean you know we're the queen city and so um for us we have a like when you talk about diversity it's literally everybody here. I mean, it's not New York, mm-hmm. everybody, but it's, um, you know, you, you got your old money, you got your new money, you got your no money. <laughs> and, you know, you really learn from all mm-hmm. three, to be honest. And then you, you have this, this very strong uh, idea of, of religion being down here. Now I'm not really much on religion. I'm really great on spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, spirituality, but, uh, the religion part matters because it's a thread within the culture. Um, and so there's a, all these different things happening um, in the South. And it's, it, it's kind of sad that, you know, one of the greatest migrations in, in America was everybody leaving, you know, these areas, everybody saying, we're out of here. We're going to Detroit. We're going to California. And I get it. I know why they did it at the time, but really when I'm looking at economics going to another level it's virginia it's it's north carolina it's atlanta it's uh parts of tennessee it, these are the areas that are uh to me going to another level everybody knows it. it's baltimore maryland mm-hmm. these are the areas that are going to another level if we would you know pay attention because the, the cost of living many times is a lot lower than these new yorks and these la's that everybody ran off to you're 100 percent right well, thank you. I, I, I'm glad somebody knows that I'm telling the mm-hmm. truth around here. So any last questions you have uh, before we let everybody know um, where they can find you, where they can reach out to you? So my last question is really, you know, how can we support Black Equity Network? What can we do to take your platform to the next level? Wow. I love that. Um, here's the first thing that I'll say. Uh, I believe in friendship before everything else. I believe the greatest equity, the greatest black equity is friendship. I believe the greatest equity is relational equity. And so it can't be a thing where we only talk once a, uh, every three years. It has to be a, a true community. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for people where we share information, even if it's on the quick tip, you know, a quick text, a quick uh, instant message like, "Yo, this is happening in your city. You need to know." Oh, that's it. good. That that's the kind of stuff that I do. Anybody who knows me knows that when when my name comes in your inbox or when Black Equity name comes in your inbox, that means something's happening in your city or something is happening in your sector, and, and I'm sending it to you for your growth. Now, if you don't take advantage of this, I don't know what to tell you. You know, and so that's one thing. Um, let's look at you know relational equity. And then when there's opportunities for real equity, you know, when I say real, what the world considers equity, you know, investing in real estate opportunities with each other, knowing that a startup is coming uh, in a particular area. Um, hey, this nonprofit is really doing really great work. Nobody's going to be talking about it on a national level, but hey, you can come help us on a local mm-hmm. level do this. Those are the types of things that I feel uh, allows the network to grow. The network is only as great as the people that decide to believe mm-hmm. in it and decide to, to, to utilize it. And so that's the second way. And then the, the third way is to build your own. Build your own network. The, if you have your own 757 network and it's an extension of Black Equity Network, then everything that you do is Black Equity Network. And we don't have to have our name on it because you're doing it. You know about us. We'll, we'll support it. And we'll come in whenever we need to to help out in any way we can. Or we'll find somebody that was on an earlier podcast or on an earlier project that, can, uh, that we can refer you to on that particular item. And if we have that community with one another, we have no choice but mm-hmm. to grow. What I've seen in the culture is everybody's territorial and everybody is uh, trying to be better than the next person. 
And it's, it, I, I think they say everybody's keeping up with the Joneses. I don't think anybody's keeping up with any Joneses. I think everybody is trying to, um, to either outdo these fake Joneses or they're trying to murder the Joneses. <gasps> so nobody knows about mm. the Joneses. And, and that's what's happening in the culture. And so the thing about Weed and Tear, and this is why I tweet it every week, because I'm noticing, I'm noticing the difference between the real and the fake. See, the wheat, when it gets to harvest time, it, it bows. The wheat bows, and the tear stands mm-hmm. tall. And so here's, here's how you know everybody in the culture. Here's how you know the difference. If every single time, we talked about this a little bit earlier, if every single time you're seeing these people in the culture, and they're always standing tall, They've never gone through any failures. They've never had to do anything, but just they're just successful. Everything's wonderful all the time. That means they're standing tall at all times. And that's tear. Wheat bows when it gets to its to its highest state. It bows to the wind. And that's how nature tells us what's real and mm-hmm. what's fake. And so what I uh, empower people to do is when you get to that level, which is on a, on a daily basis, you're getting to new levels. And let's say you land a really big nonprofit for your podcast. Bow to them. Open your doors to these people. Don't look down on anyone. Don't stand tall. Bow. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm noticing um, that's going on. I'm, I'm not sure if that answers No, question. it does. It does. Okay. My, my favorite thing that you said was build your own network we don't yes. have to have our name on it, um, which is, is massive. I think so many of us want our name to be on everything that we are not willing to just support just because we have a common goal. Oh, well, they're, they're doing that thing. It's similar to what I'm doing, but it's not my thing. And like, yeah, well, I think it was well, massive that you just mentioned that, you know, we, we have yeah. to be, that needs to be our mindset. We don't have to have, our branding, our logo, our name on everything. Well, it dilutes the brand anyway. It's not real that Black Equity Network is on every single, you know, thing that's mm-hmm. out there. No, let's build your stuff up. Let's build you up, and and then we can partner mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. But it's it's going to be harder for us to partner together if your name's not built up. So let's build you up for the next six months. I'll disappear. I mean, that's what people do in hip hop. What, hip, what, what they do in hip hop is Kendrick Lamar becomes the biggest name and then he disappears for so six somebody months. Somebody else gives you time can step in. For SZA. Mm-hmm. gives you time for uh, Sir. It gives you time for J Rock. So you can see well, who are they. And what stands the test of time is uh, Top Dog Entertainment. Because, hey, let's, let's spread out the wealth. You know, you can't have Tupac and Snoop come at the same time. You have to, you have to give room for the the ecosystem to grow. And so if you're building networks in these other areas, great. Why would I compete with that? Why would I compete with more money flowing in a particular area that if we can build up, we can tap into at a later Mm -hmm. point. You just let me know what you need and I'll help you out behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. The real work is happening behind the scenes, not in front of it. Anyway, I'm sorry. I got, um, I got no, that's it. That's so, it. So you tell me, for the people that are listening, um, how do we go listen to your podcast? And, and how often are you going to be dropping these episodes? And then how can people work with you? How can people be a part of what you're building and the network that you have? So uh, My Last Dime is available on Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Radio Public, and anchor right now apple doesn't love us yet but we're coming soon um okay we Mm -hmm. release episodes every monday morning so we'll be happening weekly and okay my website for my company is mindovermoney.net and so there Mm. you'll be able to find you know how to partner with me if you're interested in any courses there's some free resources on there. You can have access to my blog, podcast episodes, everything that you need uh, is available at the website. So that was mindovermoney.net. I love yes. it. I love the mind over money. 
because I always say that wisdom is greater than Absolutely. money. And so that kind of goes along, uh, that's aligned with, with my thinking. Uh, but why is, last question, and I'll leave you alone, I promise. Why is wisdom or why is the mind over money, in your opinion? Because your mind is where your power is. If you can't control your thoughts, you won't be able to control anything else in your life. So mm. you can have all the money in the world come in to your bank account. But if you are not strong enough to tell that money what to do, it'll go do whatever it wants to do. Whatever you feel like doing for the day, your emotions will control how you spend. And so, and you know, that's with anything. I talk a lot about money, but that just goes back to having discipline. If you find yourself struggling with money, chances are you struggle with maintaining a diet or exercising, or you have rash anger, you know, there's, there's chaos and lack of discipline in lots of different areas. So if you can't control your mind, you won't be able to control your life. I love it. Everybody go check out my last time podcast. You'll get more wisdom like this. And also reach out to Tremaine Wills uh, over at mindovermoney.net. Is yes, that correct? that's it. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And if anything happens in the culture that is related to some of the topics that we were talking about today, where we see, you know, unfortunately, if an artist or, or a business person is gone bankrupt or they've gave all their money away, you know, come back on the show. Let's talk about it and let's analyze it and see what wisdom we can pick up. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on the show and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. I found that life is a lot better when you start building roots with people instead of just showing up and picking fruits. When you actually sit down and have genuine connections with people and do whatever you can to help one another along this journey, that's when things really get good. So this is one of my favorite episodes because we get to see how both brands continue to grow and help one another uh, on our respective paths. And so I encourage everyone, go listen to my last dime podcast with Tremaine Wills. Go listen every week and hear the different pieces of wisdom that she's providing you. Um, as of today, there's at least two episodes that you can go listen to right now and uh, sink your teeth into. And then every Monday you're getting a new episode uh, until further notice. So keep checking her out. Keep continuing to find new and exciting and great podcasts. Don't just settle for what the popular podcasts are out here in the culture. Because if you're not careful, (laughs) if you're not careful, you'll just be listening to an hour or two of nothingness. And it becomes a circle of absolutely nothing. And what did you really accomplish? They say the average person is listening to up to six hours per week. Um, six hours per week of uh, podcast material. You have to be very careful who you let have your ear because whoever has your ear has your heart. That's why podcasting has become the, one of the fastest growing mediums in the world. And so you have to be very selective in who you allow to pour into you. And I believe our guest today is one of those people you should allow to pour into you. Thank you for listening to Black Equity Podcast. Thank you for supporting the Black Equity Network. And if you're interested in being on the Black Equity Podcast, make sure you reach out to us on Instagram at Black Equity Network. Once again, great episode, and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow.